Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, well, it's the last episode of October and I thought we should just go out with a bang. I'm not even lying. A couple of months ago, I received a message from someone that I knew, but I thought, why are they reaching out to me? I think they have the wrong Jamie. Anyhow, it was Julie Chen Moonves. And if you are a fan of Big Brother, you know who Julie Chen Moonves is. She is the host of Big Brother for, they're in their 25th season. Yes, I've been watching it all semester. I'm so excited. By the time the show airs, I have no idea what will be going on, but it's been a fun journey. Julie's a TV personality and she's worked in news and daytime talk and reality TV. She's a wife and a mom and she is also a Jesus follower. Julie says she lived 48 years without God and he has changed her life forever. Today, she tells us that story about what it looks like for her to follow Jesus now, especially in her industry. You see, Julie has a memoir that has been released and get this, you guys, it's an audio memoir. You're listening to podcasts right now. I know you love to listen to things. Her new book, it's called But First God. It's an audible audio book. You can get it wherever you get audio books and it's out already and you can hear Julie tell her spiritual discovery memoir. Guys, I also want to say thank you for listening. The best way that anyone finds out about the happy hour is a friend tells them about it. It's the number one way that people find out about our show. And so I would love it. Would you tell a friend about the podcast today? I don't know. Take a screenshot. Send it to your friends. Send them the link. Tell them you love it. Tell them why you love it. Send them your favorite episodes. What's your favorite episode? Tell them all about it. It really, really helps when we have new listeners. And it helps when you share it with your friends. You guys, enjoy the last week of October. I hope it feels like fall wherever you are. And I'll see you guys back here next week for another show as we move into November. And my friend Brandy Wilson will be here. Julie, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you. Um, I, I do not want to make this a show about Big Brother, but I did text two of my friends and say, you are not going to believe who I'm getting to chat with today, Julie Chin Moonves. And so I'm so happy that you're here. And so I don't really need to give much introduction for you, but Julie, I did not know that Big Brother has been on the air for like 23 years. Yes, we started in summer of 2000 and we are, you know, in the midst of our 25th season because we did two in one calendar year because of the writer's strike back in 2007, 2008. And here we are again. How do you guys get around it? Because our reality show, we don't have writers. It's reality. It's not scripted. I love it. Well, gosh, what was I doing in July of 2000? I was not yet married. And so just like, man, a lot of my life has gone in there. And a lot of you've had a lot of life in that time as well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was single, too. You know, this is so crazy. So crazy. Well, our family loves watching Big Brother in the summer. So I'm glad you're here. I you have released a memoir audiobook last month, and I want to chat with you about it. First of all, as an author and a creator, What was your decision to put it out in audio form only? It was actually a suggestion from Simon & Schuster because uh, they wanted to, when you have the author and the author is someone who is a broadcaster 
who, you know, spent many years on um, a daytime talk show talking about my, my personal life. They thought this will be different in that we get to hear the author just tell us a story, almost like listening to a long podcast, you know, instead of like reading from a book. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, you know, a, a different kind of experience that they wanted to offer um, listeners. I think it's wonderful. When I listen to, I'm a big audiobook listener. And so when I do listen to audiobooks, especially if it's a memoir or someone's story and they read it, it is so much better than reading the book. It is, I can think of a couple I've read recently. Have you listened to Viola Davis's memoir? No, not yet, but I heard that one is amazing. I've been listening to um, Kathy Lee Giffords. You know, she has a few. Yes. And to hear her tell her story, and she is a woman of God. I mean, Mm -hmm. we grew up with her voice, right, in in our homes, watching her. So, but I I could see that. I understand that. It's so good. It's so good. Well, your memoir is called But First, God, an audio memoir of spiritual discovery. And it came out in September. And I would love to just chat a little bit about that. You write about how for the first 48 years of your life, you you can answer this question on purpose, not on purpose. You spent those years kind of ignoring God. So I'd love to hear about what your life was like before 2018. You know, I grew up in Queens, New York, and uh, the youngest of three girls, and we were not a church-going family. Um, However, that being said, my parents did have a crucifix on the wall in their room because, um, oddly enough, my mom, who was born and raised in Burma, although she is 100% Chinese, um, her mom was Buddhist. Okay. And my mom decided at age 17, she wanted to be a practicing Catholic. And she even thought about becoming a nun and going to Africa and and spreading the word. But I didn't know any of this growing up. Uh, We didn't talk about it. You know, my parents wore like a cross around their neck, but they never spoke to me about God. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I guess what was more powerful is watching them live and, you know, they um, do live as I think we are, you know, supposed to live, obey the word. But, you know, I would do prayer, I think, because I saw it on TV on like Little House mm-hmm. on the Prairie. You know, my sister and I shared a room. One of my sisters and I would. And, you know, at, every night before going to sleep, you pray for your I would pray the same prayer for my family of five to be healthy, wealthy and wise healthy, wealthy, and wise. And that's it, you know, and it was kind of by rote. And, um, then as I got older, I went, I ended up going to Catholic high school, but not because I wanted to go to a Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. It was because I didn't get into the, the Bronx high school of science, which is, um, a very prestigious, uh, school in New York city that my two older sisters got into. And because I didn't get in, um, I didn't pass the test. I didn't score high enough to get accepted. Uh, I was either going to be zoned to the public school, um, where I lived. And my mom wasn't crazy about that because, uh, it it was, it just, she just wasn't crazy about that. And she said, Mm -hmm. why don't we try and get you applied to St. Francis prep? You know, half of your junior high school friends have either gone to Bronx Science or St. Francis Prep and a handful mm-hmm. to Bayside High. And I had to apply. Um, 
you know, I already missed kind of like the uh, most people on ramp as freshmen, but I had to um, write a letter, do interviews, and then they accepted me to enter as a sophomore. And even still, as I was in a Catholic high school, I was ignoring God. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I never studied the Bible. I um, felt very intimidated by the Bible and also by my classmates because most of these kids had gone to um, a Catholic school since kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And the religion classes we took were like morality, you know? Um, so it, there was no Bible study. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, went about my way, went to college, started working, and I was just so focused on um, trying to start my career. And, you know, I never even prayed to God like, oh, please get me this job or like, mm. please get me into this college. None of that. Um, and anytime I did accomplish something, I gave myself the glory. Uh -huh. You know, why wouldn't I? You know, it wasn't because of God's hands. It was yeah. because of my hard work. Uh -huh. So I just never, never had him in my life. Maybe once in a while, if I like got really sick, had a bad flu, then I'd find myself praying to God, mm -hmm. you know, when times mm -hmm. are, are, when the yeah. chips are down, yeah. it'd be like, oh my gosh, if you take this fever away and you heal me, uh, I'll, yep. I'll start praying every day. I'll start going <laughs> to church. Yep. And you get better and you don't even think about God. Right, right. I remember when I was in college, I grew up going to church my whole life. So I always, but I didn't start really following Jesus and wanting to be a Christian until I was 21. So I remember early in college, Julie, I was wild and crazy. And I would pray those prayers. God, if you will just get me through this night, like I will be a good girl if you will just let this night end. And right. so I think we've all found ourselves in those moments of like, okay, I'm going to pray to something or whatever it might be. Um, just out of like, we, you know, we, we would have seen it before. So you're living your life. Your career is beginning. You are really becoming a success, successful in your career. And so I often think that um, oftentimes when people are successful in their career and they're successful in life, I do think sometimes it is harder for us to, to desire God because like you were just saying, we think, well, where's my need? What what do I need God right. for? Would you oh, say yeah. you would have found yourself there? Oh, absolutely. I was like, I got here on my own. Things are going great. And also my career work was my false idol. Mm. That was the first thing. That was the most important thing in my life. Yeah. And, you know, I was also very busy. And mm. when you're busy, yeah. you don't stop and sit still and think of God or thank him for anything that he has given you. And he has given mm -hmm. us everything. Mm -hmm. So I was like this busy little bee didn't think about God, didn't think about anything, but myself, you know, my ego, my mm -hmm. selfish ways. How can I, you know, um, you know, achieve the next, um, career goal or, or mm -hmm. whatever it was. That was, that was my life. Yeah. What was it in your life, would you say, that brought you to realizing, I think I need more than what I can give myself? Oh, my gosh. There was um, my time in the wilderness was I was 48 and I was basically um, pushed into a corner where I, I had I was forced to leave the job that I loved that really mm -hmm. identified who I was. Um, 
co-hosting a daytime talk show. And my whole life as I knew it got turned upside down. Mm -hmm. And um, suddenly I became this target of all um, this negative press. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of it lies. There were lies about me, you know, when you are suddenly um, injured and you're fallen, then some people like to pile on. You know, you never know what agenda someone has. I remember reading a story about myself that um, I was at work and that I like stood up on a chair in front of the entire staff and told the entire staff, you make me want to vomit. I was like, that never Mm -hmm. happened. They didn't Mm -hmm. get anyone to corroborate it. And, you know, when you read... Um, mm. negative press about yourself, you think everyone's just going to believe this. Yeah. So um, I found myself out of a job, mm. um, just down and out, uh, totally at a loss of what was going to become of me and my life and my identity. Uh, and I went and I got an email from my aunt, who is my favorite aunt, and she's a born again Christian. Mm-hmm. And she never tried to push um, Jesus on any of us in the family. Uh, she and my uncle are both born again Christians. He's actually a 9 11 survivor. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And uh, he was in the North Tower when it got wow. hit. So, um, And he's a cancer survivor. And she emailed me seeing that, you know, my life had been turned upside down. And she said um, that her friend, who doesn't even know me, who they all call a prayer warrior, Mm -hmm. that this friend um, was told by God, you know, pray for Julie and her family. And she said, you know, I just want to let you know, Angela, um, she's been touched by God a few times with our family. And she uh, wanted me to know that she's been praying for you. And I've never tried to push, you know, my religion on anybody. And, um, but we are praying for you. And I pray that you have the peace um, that only God can give you that transcends all understanding. And I had been toying with the idea Mm. of going to church. Um, But even things were down and out. I still didn't go. But that God used my aunt you know, to email me, to really prompt me. And it was a Thursday morning and I dropped off my son at uh, school and I just drove. There are three churches, you know, that I've driven past a million times right by my house. And, you know, I just went into one because I thought, okay, uh, it's called a good shepherd who doesn't love Uh a good shepherd. I'm going Uh in. (laughs) I don't even know what that means really. Right. And it was open and it was empty and I just got on my knees and I bawled and let it all out. And I mean, like sobbing, like ugly cry, you know, asking God for help and to pick me up and to guide me. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm 
to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. I'm still sitting over here going like, okay, I wrote down the name of the church because I'm like, this church is amazing. A, that it was just open on a Thursday that you could walk into. I'm like. (laughs) At 8.15, it was, I don't know if it normally is, and no one was in there. And it um, it was actually a very dark and stormy morning. This is like a movie. And um, there were a few candles burning and I could hear some sort of like strange, like chanting or humming. And I thought, and I was scared because I was like, am I here alone? There are no lights on. This Uh is like a scene in a horror movie. It's like a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of the doors are going to lock by themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then that following Sunday, I went to their church service. Mm. And um, because I didn't practice Catholicism, Mm-hmm. I I didn't really understand the, it was packed, mm-hmm. a very popular church, but I didn't, I walked out not really understanding um, the word of God. I did, I mm-hmm. didn't, it didn't gel with me. So I thought, okay, next Sunday, I'm going to go to one of these other churches. They're all right in a row. Right and there I in a row, went, yeah. I went church shopping. And then the second one I went into, I got the, time wrong of the service and um it was actually rented out for like a a, a meeting um and it wasn't service so then i hopped over to the last one and the last one it was bright it was a presbyterian church it was so easy for me to understand it was so welcoming Mm -hmm. and um I felt, okay, this is my church home. This is mm. where I'm going to start going. And I still and go. Been, and you still go there. I still go there. I and during, it. you know, um, the pandemic, they got, you know, they had Zoom service. Mm-hmm. I would watch that. Yeah. And it was only about three or four months ago, I started going back in person. That's awesome. You know, I I love hearing people's stories of coming to to faith. And there's always all usually always there's some kind of like 
And this just happened out of the blue. And it made me think about the email that your aunt sent you. Obviously, you knew that she was a born-again Christian. Obviously, you knew where she stood. But it was as if God just ordained this moment for her to send you this email that her friend Angela was praying for you in a moment when you really were feeling like, I I need prayer so desperately, even if you didn't know that. And, and I always think it's amazing the way God orchestrates things in our life to bring yes. us back to Him. Yes. And I... I didn't know the power of prayer. I mean, now looking back as we're talking about it, I'm like, wow, here's this woman, Angela, I don't know, praying for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God used her, touched her heart. And me reading like, here's someone who's never met me, doesn't know me, you know, has no skin in the game, praying for me. Mm-hmm. Like that really moved my heart. Yeah. And since that time, I have seen firsthand the power of prayer. When you go to God first in prayer, instead of last, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't he move mountains? Mm -hmm. He he can perform anything. I've seen, I've had a medical miracle through Mm -hmm. the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. I lost my hear. I lost 80% of my hearing in my right ear out of the blue. Went to the doctor, said, chances are not good. You have something called sudden hearing loss. We don't really know what causes it, but I'm going to give you a shot in your ear right now. So this big needle, no, no numbing, big needle coming in your your way. And he says, you're going to need two more shots over the course of, you know, next week, you're going to come back in and the week after that. And there's, you know, a 30% shot, 30% chance you'll get your hearing back. After that first shot, I went to my weekly Zoom Bible study group. And at the end, they take prayer requests and we all prayed for my hearing that next week I went back for shot number two and they first do a hearing test. The doctor comes in with my file and he says, well, I don't know how to explain it, but you got all your hearing back and you don't need the second shot. But since you're here, if you want it, we, we can give it to you. I said, no, I'm good. <laughs> and, and I asked him, I told him what had happened. And I said, can I call this a medical miracle? He said, absolutely. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I love hearing what you've seen God work in your life since then. And that was 2018. And here you are. And you said earlier that your career had become such an idol for you early in your life. And so I would love to hear for you on the other side of this faith journey of yours. You still have the same career. You're still doing the same thing. Um, there wasn't a sudden change. And like now Julie now is a pharmacist or, or Julie now, you know, owns a school and she teaches kids like you're still in media. How has that changed for you after this faith journey of previously before God, this is my idol. This is everything. And now what does that look like for you, your career? Oh my gosh. Now I bring God with me into work. I will start, you know, every meeting in prayer. I will um, pray when I walk out on set. I will pray, you know, during rehearsals. I will pray, you know, and actually that first uh, summer of the pandemic, at the end of the season, I gave everyone a Bible. At the end of Big Brother? Yeah. I gave everyone on staff a Bible and like I, you know, a little goodie bag, but the Bible Uh was like the main thing. And some people loved it Uh and some people were baffled by it and didn't know 
what to make of it. Yeah. And actually went to HR. <laughs> and I got a phone call saying like, hey, listen, we just have to make this clear that this is like a personal gift from you. It's not like you better, you know, follow in line uh -huh. with Julie's <laughs> beliefs if you want to continue working here. Right. You right. know, you have to make that very clear. Um, and, you know, when I became a, a Jesus follower and started going back to work, there was a peace and calm about me that um, others who have been working with me for decades saw. They said, I've never seen you so at peace. Wow, you know, that's live television. Crazy. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't sweat the small stuff anymore. Um, my, you know, I, I looked through, I also looked at the house guests differently. Mm. You know, before, you know, I would stand in judgment of them. Mm. You know, now I put on my Jesus lenses and I try and view them the way God does. Wow. You know, God mm -hmm. created all of them and we all have our flaws and let me not stand in judgment mm -hmm. and find the treasure, yeah. you know, lift them up somehow, pray for them. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and then I also started to end each episode with a little piece of scripture, which is simply love one another. You know, that's God. That's what you say when you sign off? Yeah. Love one another. I started okay. that three, the last three seasons. In the beginning, I would try and do uh, different sign-offs every uh -huh. week. Uh -huh. And it got um, a little bit challenging because at times, you know, uh, the showrunner, she would say like, like, I remember one time I said, like, leave, leave the judging to the judge. Uh -huh. Right. Because I was tired of... Um, it broke my heart that so many fans, viewers would like sit there and judge and oh, yeah. write mean things about the house guests or their behavior or, yeah. you know, what they did in the house. So I said, you know, leave the judging to the judge. Mm. And my showrunner, she was like, fans are going to think that it, you're talking about the game. It, it sounds very cryptic. You know, it's going to confuse <laughs> people. They're going to read into it where there's nothing. So then there's like a I, secret clue. Yes. <laughs> something. Like, yeah. Oh, is it the jury? Who's the judge? Like, you know, exactly. Yeah. Competition. Uh -huh. And my girlfriend in Christ, um, you know, I, I expressed to her, I'm really struggling with this. And she said, you know what, Julie, just sign off. Love one another. Mm. That's it. You know, I started doing that in 2020. Love one another. I said, yeah, that's the ticket. You know, you mentioned Big Brother, and by the time we're recording this, I don't know how many weeks are are, are we into this. We'll too? have a month left. Yes. Uh, okay. The finale is November 9th. As okay. Of now. So, so the finale is November 9th. We'll have a month month left. And you know, I'm realized Big Brother had been on for all these years, and we've been watching it. And it is interesting. I want to ask you a couple of questions since I have you here because this is this is my moment. Do it. First of all. Last night we were we're behind to we're behind. So today's Friday. There was a show Wednesday. We we've just seen Sundays. That's it. So we're behind one. So there you go. That's where I'm coming from. Last night we're sitting there watching it, and my husband goes, "Now, how did they get that pool in there? 
He's like, isn't that on a st- isn't that one big warehouse like stage set? How is that pool in there? So, Julie, how do y'all have that pool in there? <laughs> well, it is a sound stage, but it has an outdoor backyard component. So, so it's just like a backyard. It's just a backyard. That's where we do our challenges. That's where uh-huh. they hang out. That's where they have a swimming pool. Well, I don't know if you could swim. It has a dipping pool, a jacuzzi. Somebody table. fell in the one we were watching last night. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Um, what is her name? She's so Felicia. sweet. Uh, yeah, she fell in. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay, so that was our question. Okay, here's the other question, Julie. Um, how long are they away before they go into the house? Are, are That about, live event. Yeah, about two weeks. And that <sighs> really became two weeks uh, once COVID happened. But it's always uh, actually around two weeks. But then, you know, when COVID happened, yeah. you'd had to Everyone test had to be and co- isolate. Yeah. But also, um, it's always about two weeks anyhow, even before COVID. Because um, once you have them in, then you take away their cell phones. Uh-huh. You put them all in like different hotels. And you start um, issuing, you know, out to the public. Uh, what's the twist going to be? And um, who who the new house guests are? Yeah, but so, so they start make their sure bubble they can't process. see any of it. None. What do you think? Big Brother has been so successful. What do you think it is that people love about this show? I mean, I could tell you what I love, but what is it that keeps it going? Like, why do people keep coming back year after year for this? You know, it's something that all ages can watch. And mm-hmm. A lot of families, like your family, we my watch family, it together. Mm-hmm. Watch it together. Families across the country from each other who you know, maybe cousins who were, didn't really know each other, but found each other on Facebook, they bond over it. Uh-huh. Um, it's the relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, we usually have a showmance. Um, you always have someone that you love to root for and that yeah. you love to root against. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, someone who just drives you crazy. Yeah. We don't take ourselves ser- so seriously, but there's drama, there's romance, there's laughter, there's humiliation, there's uh-huh. bonding, there's best friends. You know, there's betrayal. So it's like you have, it's like a dramedy and it's a competition, you Uh know? Um, And at the end of the day, I think we love watching human nature. Yeah. You know, we say don't judge, but we love to stand there Uh in judgment. Uh I I can't believe he did that. You know, how could he, how could Uh she? So um, it's, and there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of silliness, you know, Mm -hmm. and we love, we're in a reality show, you know, era now yep. where we love competition shows. Yeah. At the end of it's, the day, you know, there's a lot of money on the line. Was it last year when all of the people of color got together and created this alliance early on? Oh, was that the last cookout. year? That the was cookout. actually when that was not last year. It was two years the ago. The year before. The year I have, the you may not know this about, I don't know if I mentioned it to you last time I chatted, but three of my kids are black and so yes. they, were, they joined our family through adoption. And so listen, our family was for the cookout. I mean, that was my most 
favorite thing. We were just cheering for them so much. And I think some of my favorite moments this year, that one of the secrets that you guys had and one of the twists was that one of the contestants' moms actually showed up. And it's not just like a regular mom, like if my mom showed up or anybody else's mom, but she has been on Survivor before and she's pretty well known. And some of my favorite moments, Julie, are when she'll look at him and be like, you need to stop talking to so many people. I mean, she like will mother him in the cutest, best way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And we as moms, we can relate, you know, and yes. then suddenly, you know, here's this like buff good looking guy suddenly just, you know, <laughs> okay, shrinks mom. down, yes. okay, yeah. becomes like a little, a, you know, a child yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Well, for you in your day to day, this is a li live reality show. I mean, the contestants are in their little stage sound right now, you know, it's like lunchtime there, they're making themselves some lunch, they're doing things. What does your day to day look like with Big Brother? My day-to-day -day is um, we have something called the hot sheets and that, so I don't need to be, you know, glued in front of right. you know, <laughs> a goodness. device watching <laughs> where they give you the highlights. Mm -hmm. And um, I do a script meeting every Wednesday, you know, the night before the live eviction show. Um, I get advanced copies of um, the program. So mm -hmm. like the Wednesday night show that's going to air, I'll get it Wednesday morning. Got it. Um, and, you know, I'm invested like everybody else, but luckily I have additional inside knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it is stuff that's never going to make it on the air. You know, it may not become relevant by the time we're actually mm. putting together an episode, but, yeah. um, but I love it. You know, I can be as invested as I, I want to, I could be, you know, fully immersed. There are times uh -huh. I'll come home and I'll put on the feed and there'll be nothing going on. But like someone making a snack for themselves <laughs> in the kitchen, not talking. And I'm just watching every every moment of it. I know. Just glued. It's so fun. Well, Julie, I'm so grateful for your life and the ministry. And I love hearing how God transformed your life at your lowest. You know, I have I think the lot a lot of us, we hit those low moments and it's where we find God. And it's not because like, oh, you 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 know, the last resort, it doesn't matter if it is the last resort, like I, God meets us in those low moments. And I love hearing your story. And I know that your uh, memoir is going to minister to so many people, especially, you know, it's interesting for us as we've watched people on TV and so many people have watched you for years on your whole career to get the behind the scenes of someone's life is really, 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 um, it's special and it's honoring. And so I'm grateful for you to put that out there for us to hear. Oh, thank you so much, Jamie. I just want people to know that it is never too late to have a personal relationship, one-on-one, -on -one, you and the Lord. He is so patient. He is so faithful. And in his time, he's just waiting. You know, my life verse is James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw nearer to you. And just watch what happens. You know, your life will be transformed. There's no going back. And who would want to? So if I can, you know, ignore God for 48 years and find him and now put him first. And, you know, the title is But First God because mm. I'm known for saying I'm Big Brother, but first. But mm -hmm. first. But, for, you know, it's day 37. <laughs> uh -huh. da, 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 this that But first. Yeah. And now I'm like, but first, God. Yeah. If you don't have God in your life. How do you live with hope? Mm. You know, how do you have faith in anything? How do you know what your purpose is? Mm -hmm. 
So I wish that for all. I'm grateful and I wish that for all too. I always say here as well, if anyone's listening and they don't have a Bible, we always want to make sure people have a Bible. So if you email us at jamie at jamieivy.com, we will always get your Bible if you need one. Uh, Julie, I'd love to hear, what are you reading these days? I am right now in First Kings um, in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And um, that's because that's what my Bible study group is, uh-huh. is just <laughs> going through. up. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it kind of drives me crazy that like, Solomon, you ask for wisdom, God gives it to you. And because you ask for wisdom, he gives you all this great stuff, right? Wealth, power, but it's up to you to use it. And mm-hmm. you don't always use it. So um, I'm trying to learn through First Kings obedience mm-hmm. all the time. Love it. Oh, I think that we would be learning that until we go home to see Jesus is what I think that we're going to be learning. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know we're, we're, we're wired otherwise. So we have Mm. to work at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Julie, I really appreciate it. And thank you for coming on the happy hour. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. God bless you. The happy hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley.